You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 200. <coughs> oh, Jesus. <clears throat> I still got a bit of a lingering co- lingering effects of a cold. I think he's too excited right now. It was uh, all that dancing. It was all that dancing. Um, no, I, I still got like a little bit of a cough from that cold I had last week. But <coughs> Jesus. Uh, it's They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 272. I'm your host, Lee. I throw my balls up over my shoulder and charge into the fire, Russell. And I am joined by my lovely co-hostess with the mostess, Lee, doing the two-back beast with the entire church council, Hardy. How you doing, ma'am? God damn it. You're giving away my secrets. I mean, <laughs> if someone was going to like throw a church into sin, I think it would be you. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility. Wha- um Walking around with your bare ass showing everywhere. Yeah, always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not a lie. Like I wear clothes at home. I mean, I wear clothes outside. I just Some, wear clothes. Yeah, home. I was about to say at home. What? When? Since when? So I'm really disappointed you didn't use the shield that gator. So there's no regrets later. It, w- <laughs> it wasn't in the IMDb fucking quotes. I I, uh, I, I did the I quotes wrote it down because I was gonna use it, but then I, I laughed. At- the other stuff that happened. Yeah, so. but that's a good that, that's a good one too because when I was watching a movie tonight, I was like, "Oh shit, why is that not in the fucking IMDb quotes?" That's a fucking great one. What, what the fuck? It's like I, I always I always rely on the IMDb quotes, and then it's like half the time I, I watch the movie is like something better going on here that they didn't even fucking catch. Like whatever. Like that line, that line was like pop out. Um, mm-hmm. Before we go too far. Uh, that was that was quite the dance beginning dance routine that we just had mm-hmm. that intro. That was um, I'm going to let our listeners and uh, allow to explore their imaginations. But we had we had quite the dance off. You threatened her a couple episodes ago that you were going to start recording these and put them on Instagram. I did, but every time I get here, my phone's always like about to die because mm-hmm. I don't charge it throughout the day, and I'm an idiot. I might just like. I mean, we we are recording on video, and I can take the video of this. I can just clip it and put it on the 
Facebook. I think page. we need to start showing some of these clips of us dancing, just the the intro stuff, because I think people get a good laugh out of that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really funny. Some of them are yeah. obviously just like normal, but I felt today was a good groove. Like, yeah, that had a little for happy people. Happy people. That. Yeah. We had, a, we had a little extra going on tonight. That's, that's just... <laughs> we were showing all sides of craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, Lady Lee, uh, yes. we we have the new thing we're doing where it's like, hey, we 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 just did a movie. Pick an actor from that movie, actress from that movie, and go into their uh, their filmography and pick a movie from that, and that's the next movie we're doing. So we yeah. did End of Days. And you picked Miriam Margolis. Yes, I did. Yeah, and so we're doing a movie with her in it tonight, and that's Ed and His Dead Mother from 1993. Quite the different movie. like from Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A l- l- little less Satanism in this one. A little less Arnold Schwarzenegger saying bad lines. A <laughs> little more reanimation, because there was little- reanimation in that movie. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so following on that theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. What? What were you going to say? something really funny? So, the first movie you p- picked had uh, CCH Pounder. Mm-hmm. The next movie I picked had... Oh, what's his name? Um, Gary Foreman. Former? Foreman? Gary Farmer, who's in this, yeah. Farmer? Yeah, I he, can't and he, Yeah, he, and he was in Demon Knight, yeah. Yeah, so we have picked... In a row now, two movies with two actors from Demon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, we kind of, you know, it's it, it seems like this podcast is a history of like, oh, all of a sudden, shit, that, that person's in this and this person's in that. And we, we're, we're doing that. And it's just hilarious how we've been picking movies of other actors that we just find different actors that matched. A movie that we just did right before. Yeah, this. I mean, we just and also it's it's the '90s. It's kind of the decade of like everybody's working too, and they're working in everything. So like, there's a lot of cross pollination at this point with Ooh. with all, with all kinds of all kinds of films. So like, it's <laughs> like I, I, I <laughs> fuck um, on Lee fans. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I also I'll just, you know, I'm not going to spoil yet what I picked for our next movie, but I'm like, I was really struggling up until today to decide who I was going to pick and what movie of theirs and their filmography I was going to pick because there's so many great actors in this fi- in this fucking I film. Say, there's like a good choice there. I avoided Steve Buscemi on purpose because it's like too easy. And then there was like, then I was going through this cast as like all these fucking great character actors and stuff. And I'm like, okay, they've all got great filmographies. I've got way too many choices to, to pick from here. And I did finally narrow it down, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a struggle. I can't wait to uh, hear it. Yeah, but yeah, we can move on to what we've watched in the last little while. And uh, I'll throw over to you first, Lady Lee. I know you have something. I have a shit ton of stuff, so get yours out of the way first. I have a total of one movie that I have watched, mm. and I watched it today. Uh, I watched Penelope with oh. uh, Christina Ricci. Oh, yeah. And, yep, and uh, it is one of the first rom-coms that I've rewatched where I didn't want to stab my eyes out. 
So <laughs> good. I actually really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really cute. There was a few plot holes, but I could accept them and move on from them. I thought it was like just silly. I didn't think everything. It wasn't like amazing. It was just cute. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those things where I'm like, oh my god, it was so good. Everyone has to watch it. It was like one of those ones where I'm like, oh yeah, it's cute. That's it. That's that's as far as it went. Um, it, was, it was cute and it didn't insult your intelligence like most rom-coms tend to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it, but uh, I mean, Christina Ricci, really I, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing her in anything. so mm. Or out of anything as well. So... This one's based off of, uh, well, what it's about is a family that's been cursed um, because someone in their past, like an ancestor of theirs, was from a rich family and got a maid girl pregnant, was going to marry her. And then Mm -hmm. when the guy said I was going to go marry this maid girl, the the family laughed at her or laughed at him and he started laughing because he was like, haha, that is ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. Mm. So the maid girl jumped off a cliff and he married somebody else. So the mother of the maid girl puts a curse on this family. Okay. And she says that the first female to be born in this family is going to be, uh, have the face of a pig. So years and years and years and years and years later, Christina Ritchie's born and she's born with a pig face and oh. her family tries to hide her from the world. And they believe that, um, in order to break the curse, it has to be a blue blood that can marry her and break the curse. Oh, okay. So someone has to fall in love with her as she is. And uh, yeah, that's the story. And then it kind of goes on her learning, kind of running away and trying to be her own person. Cause she's always lived like at home, hidden mm-hmm. from the real world. So like I said, it was, it's cute. It was a very cute movie. Reese Witherspoon's in it as well. Uh, wait, what year is this from? 2000. Um, I wrote it wrong. <laughs> 2006. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. Yeah, it's um, like I said, it's cute. It's not like blow my mind amazing. It's nothing like now that I rewatch it, there was like plot holes that I think are kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, it has um, Christina Ritchie, Reese Witherspoon, Catherine O'Hara, Ooh. Richard E. Grant. Okay. So, like, it has a good cast, like a good yeah. solid cast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I have a list here. I'm going to try to be as brief as possible with these um, <laughs> because I do have one, three, I have, I got six films to talk about here. So, um, so the first I'm going to mention is weird. The Al Yankovic story from 2022, which is the uh, pseudo documentary of his life um, or I'm autobiography getting, of his life. I'm getting so many mixed reviews on this. Really? Like in my Facebook. Yeah. I've had, uh, someone, a few people comment about how it's like the worst movie ever and they hated it. And I have some other people that said it's like uh, absolutely amazing and they loved it. The people so. who say it's the worst movie ever, they say they're stupid people and you should unfriend them because it's fucking brilliant. It's so. Have you ever seen Walk Hard, the, uh, the sort of spoof movie with where he's kind of doing like Johnny Cash kind of thing? I think I like watch bits and pieces, but I've never seen it from Moon to End. It's kind of that in a way, but it's cranked up to a hundred times as 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 uh, intense because it, it's basically this is the this is the untold Weird Al story that you never heard, and 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 it's like it, there's no actual like there's a there's a couple things that are factual, but for the most part it's just total bullshit, and 
it's hilarious. It's it's just like a total parody send up of autobiographies of people and shit. It's you got Daniel Radcliffe playing fucking Weird Al. He's fucking brilliant. There's all these like great cameos from uh, funny people in it. Uh, there's there's someone who plays uh, Divine in it. Yep. Which um, is just... oh my god, yes, I know. I keep seeing her picture up too. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's oh awesome. Oh my god, it's awesome. There's this whole pool party at Doctor Demento's place and there's like there's divine there's like uh andy warhol there's all these different fucking like famous people you know that are like playing these these characters and it's nina you know, west sorry nina yes west. yes nina west and it's great it's fucking great like i i was usually i don't laugh at modern comedies all that much i was laughing all the time in this one it was like kind of non-stop and it's I, and, and I mean, it's it's re- really in tune with Weird Al's sense of humor, uh, and you know where he's kind of mockingly blowing his own fame out of proportion, and it turns into an action movie at one point, and um, it's great. I loved it. I fucking loved it. Uh, I, I I don't know how anyone could have a problem with this film because it's it's just it's so it's so like Weird Al to be like. I'm going to make fun of myself. I'm not going to take this shit serious. And, you know, Weird Al's actually in this, playing a different character. And it's great. I love it. I fucking love it. It it was just hilarious from start to finish. Totally enjoyed it and totally recommend it for for people to watch. I definitely want to see it. And uh, just following that up, I was like, you know what? I haven't watched the actual Weird Al movie, UHF from 1989 for years and years. So I'm going to revisit that. And I did. And I found that equally as hilarious for different reasons. Just, just a kind of a heartwarming comedy in a lot of ways. Cause it's, it's very uh, family friendly, but subversive as well. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain, but like weird Al's kind of idea of comedy is goofy. And it, it kind of isn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't go into like, necessarily super shocking offensive shit but at the same time it's still kind of subversive in in the way he does stuff and the movie's mostly kind of a spoof and weird al was doing spoofs different than like uh the zucker brothers were doing in the 80s with like with airplane and naked gun and stuff like that like it's a different kind of spoof and it's got all kinds of great fucking actors in it um it's got michael richards before he hit seinfeld and then went on to be canceled and uh for, for saying the n-word several times in the comedy show but but he's great in this um i thought it was i thought it was great that and it's a testament to how good he is that he makes weird al look like the straight man in this film and, and 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 al's not dialing it back really like al's still being his kind of crazy goofy self but he's totally the straight man in the fucking film because Michael Richards is so fucking off the wall in this film. Um, uh, it's got uh, Victoria Jackson in it uh, or Veronica. Ja- I can't remember her fucking name right at the moment. She's <laughs> she's she's a comedian who's super annoying and she was never good. And uh, she's on, the only downer in this film, really. Uh, she, she became like a right wing weirdo later on in life. Um, but she's one of those like people with like a super annoying voice and she sucks, but like the rest of the movie is fucking awesome. It's got all the great classic bits like Gandhi two, where he becomes a badass and like kicks and like shoots and 
kills and murders people. And it's got uh, Conan the Librarian spoof, which is really funny. Um, it's got uh, Weird Al doing a sort of like he's wearing this um, really well done muscle suit where where he uh, he's pretending to be Rambo, basically. And it's, it's really good. It's a great film. Uh, we actually watched it as well with, uh, well, you didn't, but some of our mutual friends, we, we were just like hanging out and we, we streamed it as well. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a fucking great movie. Fucking great movie. Um, and I think it's one people need to revisit. Like, And then it's, I think the, the best thing about it is it's a film that if you saw it as a kid, it's like you're kind of, you get, you get addicted to it because it, it has that kind of childish quality to it that works but at the same time the comedy is actually more sophisticated as you as you get like older as an adult you start picking up things that you didn't see as a kid and like this rewatch i was like you know what i appreciate this movie a lot more i always liked it but like i actually consider it a classic now uh from the rewatch so great stuff another one i'm gonna mention uh enigma <laughs> from 1987 this is a lucia fulci film not great it's not one of his best films it's okay. It's it's basically it, it involves like a, a a girl who's pranked and she gets put in like a coma, and then she uses psychic powers to like possess the body of another girl and use her as like an instrument of revenge against the people who put her in the coma, kind of thing. It's got some good special effects. It's got some good kill scenes, although like it kind of blows its load early on because there's this weird, really weird kill scene where one of the girls gets killed by like she's naked in bed and all of a sudden these snails materialize on her and there's so many snails to the point where like they're like forming bands to hold her down and then like suffocate her like a bunch of them get in her mouth and shit it's really weird I feel like in some circles it's really erotic because I'm sure there's some people who are like into that kind of shit. Um, I, was, I was just watching. I'm like, there's somebody who's jacked off to this. Like, it's it's fucking gross, but it's all also highly sexualized. So I'm like, somebody's jacked off to this. Um, You're weird. I'm You're not weird thinking that. <laughs> I mean, if you saw this scene, you would also think it. I'm I'm, I'm telling you right now. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it, it's it's intentionally designed to be like both disturbing and erotic at the same time. I, I feel like this one kind of suffers from being a little too straight laced. It doesn't have as many set pieces as Fulci usually, usually has in his films. Like it, it's kind of like just that kill, and then the rest of them are kind of like, eh, they're all right. And it just kind of peters out at the end, but it's still not terrible for late period Fulci stuff. Probably one of his better last films. Moving on, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell from 1995. This is a Jack. Well, sorry, what was it? Bloody, Bloody? Mu- Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Yes, from 1995. This is a okay. Japanese. This is a Japanese horror film. Uh, super low budget one. It's all kind you of the name on the title. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it shows you what the title says, basically. That's kind of what happens in the film. But it's all kind of <laughs> one. It's, it's all kind of one location. It's very low budget. It's filmed low budget. Like, I, I think it's filmed on like 16 millimeter or something like that. Like, it's very like 
it, it looks very rough, but it's basically. We have, we have no budget, so the title is going to explain the movie right away. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm sure that's like a weird translation from what the Japanese title actually is, too. So, like, you know, every time you get a Japanese title, the English translation is probably going to be a little awkward. But it's basically just a remake uh, or tribute film, basically, to the Evil Dead films, like Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Army of Darkness, that kind of thing. And it's a really good one. Uh, it's It also features Japanese girl ghosts that are not necessarily just the sort of standard girl ghost that uh, like the grudge or the ring kind of present us. Like they're, they're still the same class of ghosts, but they kill differently. Yeah. They do different stuff. This ghost possesses somebody and uses them as their sort of tool for killing people and shit. And uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a fucking brilliant little, like, low-budget effort. Wonderful tribute to films that I even necessarily don't like all that much. But, like, I appreciate, like, the level of love and, like, dedication that went into this. It's it's kind of like the ultimate... It, I wouldn't say it's a student film. I don't know if it was, like, students doing it. But it's like... And it feels like the ultimate, like, student film tribute to, like, a horror film that's considered a classic. And uh, I thought it was great. Next one I'm going to mention, The Challenge from 1982. Sorry, this was that on a... Shudder? Did you find that on Shudder, or was that just something you found? Uh, Bloody Muscle Builder in Hell is on Shudder right now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And Enigma is also on uh, Shudder right now. Another one I want... You're Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I watched, The Challenge from 1982. This is starring Scott Glenn. I, I think a lot of people don't know who he is at this point, unless they watch like the daredevil series on Netflix. He, he, he plays stick, the older, like blind master that, te- that taught daredevil, everything he knows and that kind of shit. But um, Scott Glenn was kind of an action hero for a while in the eighties. Although like he never kind of reached the sort of level of fame that like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, those guys did. Cause in his action films, he kind of plays a guy who gets his ass kicked all the time. And yeah. And actually I really appreciate that about Scott Glenn because he, he basically plays a guy who's tough and that's his only attribute. He's fucking tough and stubborn. Other than that, he gets in and over his head, he gets his ass kicked and like he only eventually wins because he's tougher and more dedicated than the people he's fighting against. Um, so, so, the, so this is one where he's a he's a down and out kind of prize fighter who gets tasked with taking a ceremonial sword back to Japan, and he quickly gets involved with gangsters who want to steal the sword for certain reasons, and he gets caught up in this whole drama between these two brothers who both want uh, this pair of swords, and um, there's this, this whole like feud going on. Uh, one of the brothers is like involved with the Yakuza, and the other is Toshiro Mifune, the famous Japanese actor who's basically this like traditionalist guy who's like into samurai culture and all that shit. And Scott Glenn's kind of like torn between the two sides for a while, and he gets his ass handed to him in Japan. Like he gets humbled like a motherfucker because he's kind of a prick. He's kind of a bigot. He's like he, you know, he says stuff like Jap all the time and um, kind of openly mocks their culture for a while. Until he gets his, yeah, until he gets his ass handed to him, like, repeatedly in Japan. And he starts to learn respect and and shit like that. And while Lee's here, like, trying to whip pearls at her cat. I'm trying to get her to play. (laughs) 
I moved this is, the living room around. Oh yeah, yeah. But this is really good. Um, it's it's got good action stuff in it because like Scott Glenn, like I said again, he doesn't play like the super action hero who beats everybody up. It's like every action scene he's in, it's a struggle. Like he, it, it feels realistic and grounded. And once you get to the end, it goes batshit crazy. The movie's got like some pretty gory sequences in it, and I was like super surprised. And it just goes crazy at the end, where Scott Glenn and Jashiro Mifune uh, invade this fucking super modern Japanese complex that the the evil brothers hold up in, and they just kill a load of people and it's fucking great. Like it, it totally pays off because it's a bit slow going and then it totally pays off. Last film we're going to mention. <laughs> we could tell that you were sick last week. <laughs> yeah. I was watching a lot of shit. That uh, the time when I was sick, I was watching mm, a lot of movies. Uh, last one I'm going to mention is called windy city heat from 2003. And this is a pseudo documentary kind of thing. It, uh, basically, what it is, is is it's a prank. Um, so there's this guy called Perry uh, Carvello, who's an actor who early on in his life suffered brain damage. And so he's a little off the wall, a little off kilter. He's been like a comedian for quite a while, like stand-up comic. He got involved in like promoting bands and then became like a stand-up com- comic in this like... Uh, place he goes to every time and and sort of the people he works with are the people who are in on this prank and basically this whole movie is a prank on this guy this perry guy um who i'm not a hundred percent convinced that he doesn't know he's being pranked but the movie does its best to make you have enough doubt to be like okay this guy's getting pranked and you kind of feel bad about it because it's like i'm laughing at these people pranking this mentally, you know, like this brain damaged individual who, you know, doesn't have all of his faculties hundred percent in, in line. But the whole idea is that, so Perry is always wanting to be like a famous actor and he thinks he's a great actor. He's not, he's terrible. He's absolutely fucking terrible. But this whole idea is that Windy City Heat is this movie he's going to star in and, he, and he's, he's going to get the role for it. And he, and his friends who are pranking him have convinced him that he's beat out people like Robert De Niro and Bruce Willis for this part in this film. And then this movie basically basically shows him, you know, going through the process of making this film and they have all these famous people uh, playing characters with false names. And all these false names are like famous Hollywood names and celebrity names. So like Dane cook, the comedian, he's playing Roman Polanski you know, with in Roman Plansky, director Roman Plansky, but it's something Perry wouldn't quite know because he's just like not with it at all. And so they just put this fucking Perry guy through so much shit. And the thing about Perry is he's kind of a fucking asshole and a jerk. And I feel like even if he wasn't brain damaged, he would be a fucking jerk. So like that's kind of where I don't feel too bad about him getting pranked because it's ultimately super funny because he's kind of a terrible person anyway. Um, But he freaks out like this guy can freak out and screech like a motherfucker when he gets mad. 
and it happens often. The, his buddies are pranking him, and they'll they'll build him up a little bit. They'll gas him up and make him like, "Oh, you're you did so well in that audition," and then they'll throw in some new twist to fuck with this guy. So like they they get him to his trailer to uh, you know get his makeup and his wardrobe, and then they send in this like overly stereotypical gay dresser coming in with a thong and like a cowboy hat. Here's your costume, Mr. Carvello for your film and stuff. And, it, and he's like, I'm not wearing this. And they're like, cause Perry's super homophobic, like very homophobic. So they're like, they set off like all these triggers on this guy just to get him to fucking go off and, and scream and yell. And it's fucking hilarious. I'm probably a bad person for laughing at it, but it's fucking hilarious. And to this day, he kind of knows and kind of doesn't know that he was getting pranked. It seems like the level of brain damage, it feels like he can't quite differentiate between the two things, you know, like it, it, he kind of still thinks maybe he shot a movie and he's kind of famous. He's it's, it's weird. It's so fucking weird. I, I, I don't know if I, if I'm a bad person for liking this film or not, honestly, what was that movie called again? Windy City Heat from 2003. Jesus Christ. I don't I don't I don't know if I'm a bad person for liking it. I feel like I might be because if 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 he is totally like legit like this is his condition and this is the way he is, then these guys really took advantage of a guy who's mentally disabled and pranked the fuck out of him. And it continues today. Like this guy's got a podcast on, like he did a podcast with these people who he made the movie with, where they continue to do this shit to him. And now he's got another podcast on YouTube where the guy who runs the podcast basically fucks with him all the time. And just to get that reaction out of him, to get that freak out from him where he just, he goes, he just starts screeching. No, fuck you. Fucker. Like just at a drop of a hat, he'll, he'll start screeching like a motherfucker. And it's, I'm sorry. It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what this is about me, but it's, cause usually I'd, I'd be like against this kind of stuff, but I, I feel like, I feel like the, this Perry character, I feel like if he was just like, if he wasn't brain damaged, he'd still be a delusional asshole. And so he kind of deserves it. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Leah's looking at me right now with like one eyebrow raised. Like, who is this I'm, guy up with right now in podcasting? I'm like Googling it. And mm. it looks like it's a 7.4 on IMDb. Oh, it's a great movie. It's hilarious. Like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. 4.7 on Amazon, which whatever. And that is amazing. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and 94% of people like this movie on Google. Yeah. So it's fucking it hilarious. Like, it has like a good amount of popularity to it, but um, it's just the continuation. Like the movie's one thing without you telling me about people doing podcasts. Like, I think the joke is done. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. It, it just feels like he's not in on the joke because uh, it's you, you got to watch this guy. And at times it feels like maybe he's kind of slightly catching on, but he won't allow himself to believe he's being pranked is the kind of thing. Like I to this day, I kind of believe that he thinks he actually starred in a movie and that he buys the story that they could not show the movie anywhere else because he could not show up for his premiere in time, 
which is a whole like the end of the film is like if you you know the, the producer of the movie Perry, we we've got a limo for you outside, and uh, you got to get to this uh, movie ASAP. And if you don't show up for the screening, we can't show this movie anywhere. It'll be it'll never be shown again. And he's like, "Shit, we got to go, we got to go." And then, like the whole end of the film is basically his two buddies and the limo driver fucking with him for like twenty minutes, like. Uh, let's get drunk and let's go here. Let's stop for water at this place. You know, like, like let's eat up as much time as we possibly can. So he doesn't get to the movie and Paris is freaking out. We got to go. We got to fucking go. We got to get this limo going. We got to fucking go. It's, it's fucking funny as shit. I love that. It's, it's a great film. Uh, I'm probably a bad person for liking it, but it's, it's a great fucking film. I'm sorry. What can I tell you? This feels like you're silently judging me right now. I'm not. I'm like googling it, trying to. I just it just it just we blows should, my mind. We should watch it together. It's on YouTube. We should watch it together and see what you think. I, I think you'll find it pretty fucking hilarious because the shit they get him into, like the stuff they do to this guy, is just like insane. And his reactions are is what makes it, and it feels like honest reactions. Like he's he's just a guy who explodes when anything any can inconveniences him at all. It's it's nuts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'll believe you. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play podcast promo uh, for for a guy who could not show up tonight. Unfortunately, Gary Hill was gonna be here, but uh, it's all Gary's fault. He controls the weather and power outages and everything. So damn you, Gary. You are yeah. terrible. No, we're joking. We're joking. We're happy that you're safe and everything is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know about you, Lee, but I think this. Anytime you pick up a wrench, reach for a control, use a grease gun, grab a welding torch, or work on any machine while forgetting safety, you're shaking hands with danger. Do you agree? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You ungodly warlock! Howdy, folks. Got blood, violence, and freaks and you come to the right place. My name is Gary, and I'm your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better, and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 hey you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. All right, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. Oh, slaps. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. You ungodly warlock. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. Mama said, Mama said, Mama 
his dead mother from 1993 and we have a trailer gonna play that now you cut your mother's head off ed's mother is dead she's gone good for a thousand bucks we'll bring her back to life but god for god you put my mother in a trunk oh jeez yes she's dead hey we reanimate with their brain like this she's gonna be good for slobbering and watching married with children and that's about it such a 90s trailer so 90s it's got 90s trailer voice guy in it <laughs> ed and his dead mother i uh, love how they called them steven buscemi like, what um yeah directed by jonathan wax who did nothing else that i can really note except for like one episode of 21 jump street and he was a producer on repo man from 1984 that's about it um, That's quite written, clear. Yeah, written by Chuck Hughes. He did a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Not even a bunch of stuff, just like a handful of stuff. So, like, kind of like one and done, honestly, for both these guys when it comes to like making a film. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got Steve Buscemi as Ed Chilton. We covered him a while back in Fargo. Might, might have covered him in something else at some point. I, I can't remember, but we did do him in Fargo early on. Uh, we got Ned Beatty as Uncle Benny, and he's been in a shit ton of stuff. He is a great character actor. Uh, Deliverance did other exploitation stuff with Burt Reynolds, like White Lightning and Gator. Uh, he was in Network, All the President's Men, Mikey and Nikki, which is a great sort of hitman crime film. Superman and Superman Two. He's the the uh, the goof who hangs out, hangs around with Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, and uh, I like him best, honestly, from uh, the TV series Homicide Life on the Street uh, from the 1990s, which was one of my favorite TV shows. Got John Glover as A.J. Paddle. 
It's been in stuff like 52 Pickup, Scrooged, Gremlins 2, the new batch, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, and he plays the Riddler on Batman the Animated Series. And by the way, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. is uh, My Batman is dead, unfortunately. That's sad. That makes me very sad. Um, that is sad. Yeah. Uh, way too soon. And we got uh, Miriam Margolis, Margolis, who is the uh, reason for the season. In the Well, that doesn't quite translate. But the reason for us doing this episode is uh, Mabel Chilton. We got Sam Jenkins as Storm Reynolds. She is better known now as Sam Sorbo because she is married to Kevin Sorbo of Hercules, of Hercules fame. Hercules, the legend continues or legendary journey or whatever, whatever the fuck that show was. And uh, who is now a right wing pundit on Twitter. Hmm. He's, and he's a dick. He's a ma- massive dick. And Sam Jenkins' career kind of like slowed down as soon as she married him too. Just like, oh, I'll do some Kevin Sorbo projects. And yeah, unfortunate. Uh, I think she's way better than what she uh, decided to stick to. Um, stick to stick yeah, in her. Let stick in her. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. Jesus Christ, what a fucking nutcase. Um, we got Gary Farmer as Big Lar. Uh, we've covered him, of course, as we said, in Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Uh, also in Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. And he's in the Jim, the other Jim Jeremush film, Dead Man, with Johnny Depp. And we might do that at some point. Uh, that was one that was in high consideration for films I was going to pick next. But we're not going to do that one next. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to the end of the film uh, or the review. Got John Grease as Rob Sundenheimer. And we've actually covered him before uh, a while back in one of our sex comedy series in Joysticks, and uh, which was, you know, video games and titties. Um, and he's been in Napoleon Dynamite, Get Shorty, Real Genius, Terror Vision, and Fright Night Part 2 of uh, Note. And we have a synopsis here from someone called Mika Pearl on IMDb. And they say, Ed misses his mother, who has been dead for a year. He has lived almost his whole life with his mother. So when a stranger appears one day from a company called Happy People Limited and claims that they can bring his mother back for $1,000, he doesn't think long before he agrees. But everything doesn't go as it should go. For a while, everything is fine. And Ed's mother bakes cakes and takes care of him exactly as before. But then she starts to act more and more strangely, peeling potatoes in the fridge, repairing the kitchen overnight, or repainting the kitchen overnight, chasing dogs for meals, jumping over fences and other things that ordinary old mothers usually don't do. And when Rob, who was sent to jail by Ed's mother, appears, things really start to get out of hand. Sure. Back of the box. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I'm just. This is the first time watch for me. I'm assuming it's the first time watch for you, Lady Lee. I'm just going to throw over to you. What are your general thoughts on this? So, while you were doing that, I uh, may have jumped on the rabbit hole of Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. And he's terrible. He's a terrible person. Like, his Twitter. Like, one of the things that says, I've decided to change my name to Kevin Mail-In Ballot Steal Election Sorbo. And then another one was weird how every time there's a 
delay in counting the votes, the Democrats seemed to jump ahead. Bizarre. Even though when they were counting and waiting to count, there were some that turned red. But, hey, mm. we're not going to count those ones. No. <laughs> never, never mind reality. Let's just go yeah. with what the narrative is. And then his picture is, for those in the darkness, let there be light. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, he's he's a. Oh, that's, I think he's directing that. He freedom probably freedom director oh freedom is from director. yeah no he he's, he's been doing like um those propagandist christian movies lately and stuff like that yeah. like that's kind of where his career's gone like and you know he blames you know the liberal elites for pushing him out of hollywood when really it's the fact that he was not very talented and he's there bitter was, about it there's one saying that like most people um like the newer generations are voting um blue and they're saying he said that all sorts of it's called all sorts of names. It just made me laugh. Yeah, no, he's okay. He's he's a fucking moron, and it's like it's it's a shame to see that like Sam Jenkins like basically hitched herself to this asshole because she's like pretty good in this film, and she's super hot, and she could have went places. Okay. I think she's just hot. I'm sorry, I didn't think she was a very good actress at all really okay i thought she was uh very one noted i didn't think anything of it like i don't think there's well there's a lot of meat in the script in general to kind of show her off mm -hmm. but i don't think anything like they could have replaced her with like any attractive person and they would have done just as good to i mean as well. i mean you could have got laura flynn boyle in this as well and you could have had an equally like lanky brunette i guess yeah yeah like just even like a less experienced actor, as long as she was like tall, long legged, and like beautiful, she could have played the part. And willing, willing to show enough of her, of her ass to the point where you almost see the JJ if you, they had pound pan down another millimeter. And one titty. <laughs> yeah, one titty. We get one titty. Um, okay, so this movie overall. Um, I was uh, kind of on the fence about it. I, I thought it was cute. I thought there were some funny moments, but mm -hmm. I thought it lacked a lot of uh, like meat on it. Yeah. Like the story, since it very, the story is very simple, but a lot of things could have been pushed further. Like she only killed one person mm -hmm. and they didn't really do anything with it. Like the way they make the actual movie sound, like when you're watching the, the trailer, or you're reading the, uh, the back of the VHS tape. Uh, it sounds like Ed has to like go out, get people, murder them, or let yeah, get people and let the mother eat them alive. Isn't so that bad. a better story? Like that that would be so much better. Yeah, like I thought that's what they were going. Like I honestly thought that's where where they're going with it. Like the conflict would have been she wants to eat my hot girlfriend across the street, and that's where it's like Ed draws the line, mm. right? That that would be that would be the story. That's the story I'd write. I thought it. I thought it was like like I thought when the aunt and uncle came, they were going to feed the aunt and the uncle to the mother. Yeah, like they yeah, should have. Like there were some parts that I thought were hilarious, like um, Miriam running down the street with a fork and knife chasing a dog. Mm -hmm. That was fucking that was hilarious. Um, there was the one liners from the uncle that were yeah. the creepy uncle. Like yeah. those were great. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of creepy old man energy right up front in this film because you got you got him spying on Sam across the street and then you have that like you know that precursor with the attorney 
who like is trying to win the case for uh, for Ed here, and he starts talking about supple young 15 year old with honey dripped on her breasts and it's like oh my god the lawyer like, yeah i was like what <laughs> <laughs> where, where is this A coming virgin from 15 year old yeah her breasts not yet fully formed I was like whoa i was whoa. not a part of that fantasy i lost my virginity at 14 so i ruined it for that guy yeah sorry about it <laughs> Man. uh i Anyways, I thought there was a lot missing from this movie. I thought the idea was there. The actors were there. There's some good actors in there. Mm -hmm. And I thought there was a potential of a story there, but I think it showed the lack of experience from a director who didn't know what what they were doing and a writer that didn't know what they were doing. Like kind of first time. Because the... The, the beginning was good. Like the beginning, it was funny with like the lawyer going a little bit nuts. Um, uh, the creepy uncle, like spying on the neighbor girl, who's like mm-hmm. obviously an exhibitionist. Um, uh, the overly crazy love that Ed has for his mother. Like yeah. there was just, there was just things that, and you know, the parts where Miriam was in them, she was fucking hilarious. Like, I love her. I love when yeah. you like open the fridge and she's in there. I just can't the fridge. The fridge. <laughs> you're ready. F- you're, you're ready for your can- cranberry juice, dear. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there was a lot about it that had some clever, like one liners, clever scenes, funny mm-hmm. things that happened, but the story was just not there. Right. Like there was just something missing. There was something about it that lacks yeah i feel like this movie didn't know what it quite wanted to be like it's got some good ideas but it does like it should have really pushed hard in one direction and it never does i i feel like first off like a lot of the humor didn't land for me like it like you said like there's there's funny parts like there's parts where it's really good but a lot of it's kind of eh very bland uh, like it's got some neat ideas. The performers are good. The material just has no real spark to it. I think overall, like it, it, it should have leaned heavier into the black comedy, like gone like super dark in places, maybe like went outright horror. Like you're saying the mother only kills one person in the film. She should have been killing people left and right in the town. That would have made this much more interesting. And es- having Ed, Ed cover up for it would have been great. Yeah. Especially since, that's what I thought it was going to do. Yeah. Like as soon as I kill the one person and the girl's like, I'm out, I'm done. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought they should have skipped the, the love story. Mm-hmm. Like um, there could have been the neighbor next door and he was into the neighbor and that would have been fine. They didn't even have to hook up just that he had a thing for the neighbor and um, they could have still played with the same storyline and right. played more into like the killing and especially trying to distract excuse me, the neighbor or the mother from the neighbor lady. Yeah. Because like, I think that would have been hilarious. Oh, no, 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 mom, don't worry about it. I'm just going to get this guy. Hey, hey, you come come in the house. Come in the house. And then you that, see her, like the mom would be at the window like trying to like come in and then it's like, hey, mom. <laughs> that would have made it even more dark and twisted if it actually had been Steve Buscemi who was peering at her through the telescope all the time. And like, so he was obsessed with her. And when it comes, when it gets to the point, you know, where mother's like, I'm going to eat the hot chick across the street. He's like, no, that's where I draw the line. And she doesn't even know anything about him mm-hmm. or anything that's going on. That would even be weirder and interesting. Because 
Because a love story uh, between Ed and uh, the neighbor was, I guess, Storm. Yeah, Storm, like an elect- um, like an electrical storm. I didn't get that. <laughs> I, I didn't. Know why that was I, I didn't either. I didn't either. Other than it's like, this is me saying I want to fuck you. In yeah, but I still terms. get like the. Are they like? bringing a car battery into the thing mix like, I, don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whatever she's into <laughs> like is the butt plug electrical like I've seen that before. Like, <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. it was just very weird how she said it um, but even their romance like there's nothing about it that's like cute or anything it's just a horny exhibitionist lady who wants to get her rocks off like and, and she doesn't thirsty. she doesn't and initially she doesn't even want to do that because she's just hired to do that. Yeah. It's like, it's like at the end, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I really do love him. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. But they don't go on a date. They don't hang out separately. They don't do anything. All they do is occasionally say hi, make out. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. They're fuck no buddies. Story. Like, yeah, they're not even fuck buddies. Cause he doesn't get to fuck her because mom's like the best cock block. Yeah. But, like, so they're, they're like second base buddies. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, at the end when she's like, "I love you," it's like, like what? Huh? It oh, almost makes that's, it, that's when he realized. Oh, sorry, that's when he realized he was no longer needed his mother because he mm-hmm. found someone to replace his mother. So now she can go pick up his dirty fucking underwear off the floor. Yeah, that's it was that's very kind of, uh, problematic. Kind of what she ends up being, though, like well, in real life, because well, like. <sighs> The right yeah. wingers like Christians or believe that women should submit. So, yeah, I, 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 I honestly like you know Kevin Sorbo comes off as a super weird, awful person on Twitter. I kind of feel like like half of it's kind of an act too. Like I, I feel like he's a clueless dipshit who's just kind of like grifting for success and money in in playing a persona. He, he probably is still a stupid fuck and probably still right wing as fuck. But he's still awful. Yeah, and then I, I guess she like kind of brought him into like the Christian living kind of thing. Like I guess she kind of, is, if I read it correctly, she's kind of like the nutty Christian who like kind of straightened him out. I guess I used to be this hedonist who was in Hollywood, fuck you know, using my hot body to fuck all kinds of bitches and stuff. And then she showed me the right way. I was like, oh, whatever, whatever, dude. I don't, I don't. Well, that explains why she just fell in love with. Steve Buscemi right at the end for no reason. I just well, need to be your wife. Well, well. also, when, when you think about it, she mentions as well while she's kissing him, I need a job. Kind of feels like she's kind of just continuing the grift. Like, uh, uh, if I keep fucking this guy, I'll get a job at this shitty hardware store where I'll, ha- I'll have to do nothing but look good and stand there and earn money. So, you know. She's... um. She's beautiful. Like, she's absolutely she gorgeous. But she's just a plain, boring actor. Like, she's just... I thought like, she was a little better than she, you're giving her credit for, but, yeah, she's still not, but like, But she had a really dynamic. easy part. Yeah. Like, her part was... All she did was play sexy. Mm-hmm. So, play seductress, which is hilarious now, knowing that she's, like, a Catholic lady. Um, but play seductress. And... Be like, ooh, you should have sex with me. Like, porno actors can't fucking act, and they can do that shit. Yeah, like, that's the best part I've, of their acting. I've seen plenty of porno actresses who can do better than her. That's for sure. But um, my favorite 
actor in this is John Glover as the salesman. And, he's so good. And and he's like a right out of like a 1940s film as a salesman too, right? Like he very old school salesman, you know, kind of a con man, kind of a grifter. Uh, you know, he uses a bunch of different techniques and, and, and fancy talk to like sort of lure Ed into convincing them to do this. It's like, oh, extra charges for this. And I got to charge you for the secret to that. And, you know, like, here's how we keep your mother going. We're, I'm going to give you a box full of bugs to feed her, you know, so she can keep going. Um, I, lo- I love how he has all these logistic problems early on. He's like, I'll bring your mother back for a thousand dollars, and then he, he's like, he, he comes up to his house, he's like, Ed, we gotta step outside for a moment. Then we go to the fucking trunk of the car. He looks in, she's in pieces, and he's like, yeah, well, she did donate her body to science, so she's all chopped up. So he's got to find some replacement pieces, and she's, he's like, her brain's like this. I mean, it's gonna cost extra to get it back to normal, or she's just gonna be drooling and eating bugs and shit, and. Um, I, I love that stuff, and I kind of wish the the film was more about him, honestly. Because uh, oh, I like so good in it. Because I like his like all the problems he has. I like that there's that brief scene where he goes to the like the actual offices, and you hear the "Happy People Live Forever" song playing all the time, pipe through the entire place, he's making you insane, and you can tell he doesn't quite like it. Like he's yeah, he's walking he's going in. Nuts. Yeah, he's walking in with like a frown on his face, like, Ugh. and he goes to his boss, and his boss is like a modern businessman. Like, why didn't you sell him the fucking plan outright? Why are you stringing him along like this? Like, we should have got the fifty thousand dollars right from the start or whatever. He's like, well, I felt sorry for the guy, and it's like he's got this old school salesman kind of quality to him, and I kind of, I kind of want to explore that life. I want to explore that dynamic between this old school like out of a 1940s film salesman in 1980s, 90s, big business. And, and like the conflict between that, that's really interesting stuff. That's a different movie than what this movie is. And it's like, if you did yeah. that, if you did that, you kind of lose everything else that's in this movie. But I'm, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not too enamored with everything else in this movie. So it's like, I could lose it. Like, I give me, yeah, give me the John Glover salesman film. And then you can still do horror stuff around that, too, because he's still got to clean up the messes he's making when he's reanimating all these people. So, like, you're Which still is hilarious. Yeah. That when they found the the mother, the body of the mother, when the son decides to cut off the head and decides to cut off the head. Mm-hmm. Um, that no one was suspicious that Miriam was back to life in the first place. Like the mother was back to life in the first place. Like, they I know there's people who saw it and then they're like. Oh, so you chopped your mother's head off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she was dead. <laughs> it, the, the movie wraps up in a way where it's just like, ah, let's get a happy ending. Doesn't doesn't matter if it makes sense, kind of thing. It's just, it's a little lame. It's, it's it, actually, it's a lot lame. It's, it's not It great. is. I, I feel like I didn't pick that great again. Like, yours wasn't great, but at least mine was funny. <laughs> I mean, yours was funny in places. That's true. I did like um, John Glover. I love that blonde hair and the overly white teeth. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Did he ever look like a creep? I loved it. Uh, yeah. It's such a change from seeing him in like um, Smallville. That's the last thing I saw was in Smallville. Smallville. Yeah, yeah. He was Lex yeah, Luthor. So, yeah. Yeah. So 
Well, Lex Luthor's dad. Well, well, yeah, Lionel Luthor, wasn't it, I think? Or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hilarious to see that transformation that he did. Like, I thought he was awesome in the Smallville. And he's he's a... Like, yeah, he's a great actor. He's really good. I um, enjoyed... Um, I do enjoy Steve Buscemi. He always plays that like weirdo part really well. Mm-hmm. He has really good facial expressions too. It was just, like I said, it's just unfortunate. Like there was good actors and I had nothing against the acting other than um, the material, right? The neighbor. Yeah. I thought there was just a lot of meat missing. Like it was yeah. very bare bones. Like, okay, we're going to start with mother comes back to life. Okay. Now mother gets overdosed with life giving supply. Yeah. Okay. Life-giving supply um, has now she caught her interest with like animals because that's when she chases a dog. But again, all you see is the bugs. You don't see any dead dogs or dead other animals right. anywhere. Like you just so you don't really know what's happening with her. And then oh yeah, she killed one person. And then mm. okay, now um, now finally at the end she technically does go for the the neighbor girl, which is hilarious because she drives through the front door and then Ed has to take an axe to try and break down the front door mm-hmm. like, didn't we already break down the door like didn't her yeah. going down the street that's with, right she did yeah but her going down the street with the riding mower oh that made me laugh so hard she was so funny because she's like come on let's go mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so i was saying there were some like iconic hilarious moments like just these off the rails like ridiculous so funny like you like laugh out loud and then it's just a long drawn like okay when's the next part happening like what's happening like i don't know there was story but i feel like they tried to they they held back too much that's the problem like uh, i don't know if you've ever seen um uh peter jackson's early like horror movies like before he did lord of the rings and all that stuff like he, he has a famous one that's called brain dead also known as dead alive which has like it's super gory but it's like a horror comedy it's uh, this guy who's a mama's boy. His mother comes back to life after, you know, she comes back as a zombie after she's um, bitten by this Sumatran rat monkey thing. Uh, and it spreads this like zombie plague. And that movie is a classic. That movie is over the top. It's crazy as shit. And it's like in the wake of that movie, seeing this movie, it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, I think, ha- I think for me, there was too many mini Mm storylines that they didn't solidify one idea. Cause like you said, there was that whole like sleazy salesman idea, which they could have like delved deep into Mm -hmm. like a lot deeper into there was the love story, the love story that we put in quotation marks. There was the mother who is, um, sorry about that. That's okay. There was the uh, the yeah the mother who got overdosed and is trying to find a way to live, and then there's the creepy uncle in there, and then there's the story of the angry ex-convict coming back to seek revenge, and instead of trying to like kind of bring in the story well together, mm-hmm. they just had all these mini stories all over the place. Like it just felt like. Very no focus, right? Discombobulated, like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It just felt like a, a a bunch of like mini stories thrown together and take out all the details. Like it just, I don't know. I I was disappointed. I yeah, um, a lot, lot of ideas and like the talent wasn't there to like tighten it up and bring it together and focus it on something specific. 
and yeah, it it either should have went deep into um, the salesman, mm-hmm. um, his lifestyle, and that was like Ed was just the sides side story, which easily could have been like he goes and sees Ed to like try and collect more money and be like, oh my mother killed the person now, and then he's like, yeah, well, g- give me this much money and I'll tell you how you uh, whatever, and then he yeah, gets yeah. that. And then it could have been like different stories like that all over. Or- oh, 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 that works so well. You have the salesman. He's in this town and the entire movie is how he's dealing with the different people in town where he's bringing the relatives back and the different situations that brings up. And then at the end, you can connect all their stories together because you have like this zombie apocalypse or the fuck. Um, but like, him interacting with different people and having to do his job and shit. That's way more interesting than Steve Buscemi's. You could have had Ed's story in there. You could have had a very like uh, reduced and still had it funny. Cause you yeah. could still be going like making a phone call and being like, Hey Ed, how's it going? And then you could have had Miriam chasing the dog, Miriam killing mm-hmm. the person, Miriam chasing off the neighbor girl. And then him being, and then um, the sales guy being like, Okay, now for this much money, and then go on yeah, to the next person and, where it's like yeah. same story of something else going crazy, and he's like, "Well, guess what?" And it could have been like his uh, rise and fall and rise, whatever you wanted to do it, however you want to do it. I, I, I was um, much more interested in knowing like his struggle of like trying to keep this shit all under wraps and keep it. Yeah, working. yeah. I, I would have loved to have like the cops sniffing around because you know with like. Ed at the end when he's in jail that could have been a story where they're like hey there's a cop that's barred now so now you gotta deal with this and mm-hmm. having the salesperson trying to like fight for his life because he's getting sued and he's like doing his sales tactics anyways there was a story there or they could have went with the story of um, Ed and his mother like they initially were supposed to be and mm-hmm. him bringing bodies over yes because luring people in because he wants his mom to be alive so badly. And uh, at the end, it's like he's trying so hard to like choose between his mom and his neighbor friend, uh, friend lady. Yeah. And that could have been something. This, this movie just didn't have the guts to go to the better stories that we just wrote here. That's 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 the thing. We just wrote a, like at least three better movies. Yeah, because... Um, because, like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Step Monster. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen Step yeah, Monster. Yeah, that kind of idea of where she's, like, trying to hide the fact that she's an alien. Yeah. Like, just that idea of, like, trying to hide the fact that the mother's, like, a reanimated and needs live humans. Like, she only is able to eat live humans. I love, I love the point where it's like, it's humans now! What's next? <laughs> this... And I, I, I laughed because I'm like, isn't humans supposed to be the worst part? Why is my thing on blade? I, I don't know. Honestly, I'd be much more upset if she ate a dog. That, oh, that for would... sure. But usually the idea is like you start off with like animals, right? Smaller animals. So you'll start like yeah. rats and then you'll move on to like cats and then you go on to like dogs. And yeah, this, 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 movie was, this movie was missing a scene where Steve Buscemi walks into the house. Hey, mom, how you doing? And mom turns around. She's got like a rat in her mouth. Like yeah, that, something like, like that. It, like it's missing shit like that. Like this movie needed to push. And it's hard. so unfortunate too because Miriam like was so ridiculous in this. Mm-hmm. She just played it. She was the psychotic woman. She had those big eyes that she She's already got the energy for that kind of film and they never did it. Like, like her chasing her chasing that dog with a knife and fork. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Like 
I wish they dove in so much this much deeper. Like there was funny with the dog, the one little dog that escaped, and they're all afraid that the the mom was trying to eat the dog. Put her in the blender. The, yeah. Initially, it's like I'm just making I'm just making a sauce or whatever. The blender. The dog's oh, right down here. Oh, sandwiches, and they said, "Oh, these are the best sandwiches I've ever had." And we never find out what's in the sandwiches. Who puts ketchup to- on a sandwich? By the way. Everybody. Lots of people. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, this movie's weird. Sand, I live, ketchup I live with a, a person that likes ketchup and uses uh, ketchup on a lot of things. He needs to go to business. It's <laughs> terrible. It's <laughs> just staring at him. <laughs> ketchup and sandwiches. That's weird. I'm sorry. That's not. That's no bone. That's no bueno. Ryan, do you do ketchup and sandwiches? We're talking sandwiches, not not burgers as sandwiches. We're what? talking like real sandwiches. Not hamburgers, sandwiches. Have you ever done with sandwiches? Okay, he says no. So there we go. Okay, I, I uh, Lou Dog should stay in business. There we go. <laughs> he asked if hamburgers were sandwiches, but I, I mean, know. technically they are, but they're a different class of sandwich. And even then, I'd say no ketchup. But I mean, that's just I don't, my personal I don't like ketchup. No, put some mayonnaise in that burger. <laughs> uh, yeah, then I, I thought that while they were like hectically searching, she was going to lure them into the kitchen and kill them. Yeah. Should have killed the aunt and uncle. That Those characters, they, they made a... a and then, they, ma- they made a point of showing her their fucking license plates are from Florida. They're going to die. They're not going to be missed for weeks. That scene was really pointless, too, because they just came in and what it was supposed to be that she might eat the dog. Yeah. What, like, why are they there? Like, it made yeah, no sense. Like it's, it was or. Oh, no. Like, we said it was your twin. I would have been more like, oh, hey, um, got murdered by the mom. Mm-hmm. And the cops came around being like, have you seen these people? Supposedly they were on our way here. We can't seem to find them. And that would have been like more of a story. There would have been there was that so would, much potential here. That there would have been so that would have been the the way to bring the cops into it because the cops are going to start snooping around looking for the two missing people from Florida. Yeah. You could God have damn honestly, it. You could have honestly had the salesman story and Ed's story in the same movie mm-hmm. and had a little bit more elaborate, actually a lot more elaborate and shortened a lot of the bullshit and still made two full cohesive storylines. I, on each I side. was, I was kind of meh on this movie. The more we talked about it, the more I'm like, I don't like this movie. I'm going to say meh. I'm going to be on the middle of it still only mm-hmm. because there's certain things that, um, I'm going to enjoy for like the rest of my life. Um, like I said, that, that scene with the dog chasing, literally the, my favorite thing of the whole movie, her face was glorious. Yeah. I just thought like, that is, that is the only reason why it is not a, I can hate this. Movie. It's a, it's okay. Movie. <laughs> Mary Margolis had, like an, <laughs> yeah, she, she had an energy that like, I think is akin to like a, a fucking uh, John Waters film, like where she would have fit in really well with it, like mm-hmm. an, in a John Waters film kind of thing. And like, so she's really great in this. Steve Buscemi. He's fine. He's Steve Buscemi. He's always good in anything he's in. And like all the other actors here are really good. John Glover is especially great as a salesman. Oh, and, that's such a and, good job. And like so like there's there's a lot to enjoy this. Um I'm not gonna give a recommendation 
but I am going to say there, there's good stuff in it if you want to suffer I'm through it. I'm going to tell you to watch the highlights on YouTube and be done with it. That would be a good way. The hour and a half was very long. It was yeah. very drawn out. Um, I had a hard time staying focused with it, which is not rare. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this one just this one just lacked it. They lacked. I don't know. There is there's not enough cohesiveness between parts. It wasn't very well laid out. Like the storyline wasn't very copacetic. Yeah. Like yeah. it just there were scenes. There were scenes that had an idea to it and the idea just got cut short or they didn't mm-hmm. do, dive deep into it enough. Uh, the scene where where they're in the store, the hardware store, uh, the family-owned hardware store, yeah. and the mother's looking for um, something to cut grass with. And she's <laughs> like, how would you cut a dog? Like, what could this cut a dog? In yeah. And then she's like, I need about five times that size. And... Uh, <laughs> Again, this was one of those scenes where you find out she's going after the the neighbor. And there's no build up to that. It just all of a sudden happened. Like I understand mm-hmm. that you keep seeing Miriam poking out and she's like, "Oh, I see them." But it wasn't even a uh, something happened or anything went on. It was just all of a sudden she's like, "I'm going to go after the neighbor girl." And she was trying to kill the neighbor girl, which makes no sense because yeah. she's supposed to eat them alive. Like when she killed the the guy, she's supposed to eat them alive because she's supposed to eat their life. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, the the movie just drops the ball. It, it drops oh, the ball. Did you notice too when she comes out and she's like leaves his house? Um, and she's the one who's supposedly the one who gives the crickets, like overdose on crickets. It yeah. happened after that scene where she closes the door behind her, happens after she eats all the crickets, overdoses on the crickets, and she like paints the house and makes the pies. Hmm. It ha- that happens after. It doesn't happen before. So I don't know why she pops out of the house then. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, because if you see in the movie, she comes out and this and see Bishami goes over. And this is after the fact that the mom is feeling better and after the fact that she like overdosed and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like it was after. So I don't understand why she was in the house again. No. Like, okay. Well, then, yeah. The, the movie's just badly put together. Like it, it's. It's edited incorrectly. Yeah, it's it's missing it's a lot. It's not in chronological order. Yeah, it's and it's not like Pulp Fiction where they can get away with it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Uh, so Lee gives at least a kind of a bare recommendation. I don't. I'm not going to say watch it. I think. Also. I think John Glover's performance and Miriam's performance make it worth. If you're going to watch it, watching it, but yeah. I think you should just watch the highlights. Because because I feel like if you watch it and you see those two and you see how good this movie could have been, it just kind of makes it worse for me. It's just That's like true. it's just like oh, why did they not push harder on this? Like it's so there's so much yeah. shit left on the floor. Like it's just they didn't do it. Like, if you're a completionist for watching a certain actor, then that is the only reason you should watch this. Other than that, watch the highlights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so budget for this was $1.8 million. Uh, I'm going to say the box office here, and it's going to sound bad when I say it. $673. Um, and I'm saying that because it was only released in theaters 
in one theater for one night. So that's what it earned in, in theatrical release. Uh, it got picked up and distributed it on video, probably made back its money eventually in video format, but it, it only got one theater release. So, uh, Holy fuck. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you look at it that way, it's probably in the running for like the worst theatrical performance ever of a film. But there's there's mitigating circumstances there that you can kind of excuse it, where it's just like we showed it in one theater, but a company bought it and distributed it for us on video, and we probably made probably made our money back. I'm, I'm, I'm 1.8 million. Prob- they probably did make their money back on video at some point. Um, release info: uh, Amazon Prime DVD, no Blu-ray for this. This is one of those movies that I think kind of falls under the radar. It's probably one of those ones that's going to be forgotten. It's probably never going to get a Blu-ray release. I'm surprised it did so well on IMDb. Like, I yeah. think that's six, six out of ten, but still, six out of ten. Like, I've seen a lot better movies rated a lot worse. Uh, IMDb's weird, though. It's just like, because also, IMDb can be edited by anybody. And so you can get people who are involved in the film making fake reviews and pumping up the score as well. So that's 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 the thing that often happens. Like if you, if you actually read the user reviews of it, it's like half the people are like nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Like what? What movie yeah, did like, you watch? Even seeing the reviews, like Rotten Tomatoes gives it fifty. That's fine. Like I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Google has seventy nine percent. Like that's that's a little high. I think there's a lot of people who just like it because Steve Buscemi's in it. Yeah. It's one of those things where it doesn't matter what they're in. They just like them because of that. Yeah. I've seen that. Like, I've kind of seen a trend of that. Like, if you put a certain actor in a movie, no matter what it is, it's going to, like, especially nowadays where you can, like, stream shit all, the, all over the place. Yeah. Unlike back in the day when if the movie sucked, it just didn't come out of theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it yeah. went, like, left the theaters really quickly. <gasps> oh, excuse me. That was a yeah. weird hiccup. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so uh, exciting we, moment. Yeah, we get to we get to say what the next film is we're going to be doing. I'm very excited. So I've decided to pick Ned Beatty as as oh. our actor, and the film I'm going to pick is a film called Shooter, which is a Mark Wahlberg starring film from the 2000s. Ooh. 2007. It's a, yeah, it's an action film. It's a film where Mark Wahlberg has one of the most over-the-top fucking stupid action film names ever as his character. I'll let you... Yeah? I just Googled it. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And it is a film... I shouldn't. I shouldn't give away my feelings on it, but I. I, I kind of feel. Do not. Almost, no, no, no. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. There's no but, way. But but this this is a film I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, and I got I finally get the opportunity to do it. And I was like, and this was a tough. This was still a tough pick because it's like this is what I wanted to talk about, but at the same time there were so many actors and actresses in this film where it's like they had great filmographies where it's like oh my god, it's a hard pick, but eventually, eventually I just got it down. I was like shooter. We gotta do shooter. But that's that's what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna see if I can get some guests on the show as well to talk shooter because I I feel like shooters a film where some of the people the circles we run in 
they'd, they'd love to talk about this fucking stupid ass action film. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's fucking something, man. It's fucking something. But yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. And, and I, I am excited. Yeah. And I have no trivia for Ed and his dead mother because there really wasn't any. So, you know, we're going to leave it at that. Probably because they didn't even bother. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, it's just um, like. Other than like I told you, they fucked up bad on that. <laughs> yeah. Came out of the, the house. They're like, oh, well, who cares? No one's going to notice. That, that might have been in the goof section. I never checked on IMDb, but, you know, it probably is in there. Um, but yeah, so uh, Lady Lee, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Mighty Tiny All Star on Instagram, where mm. I update you on all episodes that are going to be that are out. That are out. <laughs> that is out. Yes, <laughs> that is out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am not on Twitter. <laughs> no, and you never should be. By the way, <laughs> uh, Twitter might not even be a thing in the in the next couple of months. So you, who knows? Yeah, you know, you're not missing anything, honestly. Um, but yeah, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Uh, you can find all of our relevant links there. Uh, go to our Facebook page. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. That's the best way to get in touch with us. Find what's coming up on the podcast. Give us recommendations, all the good stuff. And uh, until then, Lady Lee, it's always a pleasure. As always. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you all for listening. We always, we always appreciate it. We've actually been trending up on listens lately. Weird. Yeah, People no. Like uh, listening to us. Yeah, our, 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 we were, you know, for a while we're kind of floating around ah, about 50 people listen to us for a couple months or whatever. Uh, lately, since we've been like pumping up episodes like mad, like we did in October, all of a sudden uh, our episodes are starting to like pump back up to where it's like, oh, you know, 60, 70 in some cases with our, you know, I spit in your grave episode, a hundred people. What? Yes. Starting to Very listen cool. to us. Yeah. So and, cool. Including the, um, the director? Mm. Well, I, I don't... The again, son. Uh, yeah, the director's son at the very least. You know, I, I, I feel like him promoting us kind of like pumped our listens up a little bit. Um, I think that's very cool. Yeah. That is a very cool thing. Like that is that is a, a, a moment, a highlight that is going to ever highlight this yeah. podcast. This yeah. low podcast. <laughs> we I had mean, somebody who actually was a part of the fucking movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Tweet our our podcast. Like that's we, insane. I mean, you know, we we've always been kind of a casual, low brow kind of podcast no, no, with no, no, no brow. <laughs> with you know, always, always a very small, select listener base, but uh, they've stuck with us through the years and we definitely appreciate that. Cause you know, we, we never set out to start doing this <laughs> uh, back the years. I, I think I'm just hitting two years now. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've, you've inherited this, uh, this thing yeah, where it's, it's just like, yeah. we, we've, we've never, you know, we've never sought to like superstardom or anything like that. We've, we've always just been like, you know, people listen. That's cool. It doesn't matter. We we have fun doing it, and yeah, that's 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 kind of why I was so like 
mind blown that someone um, who was a part of the movie uh, listened to it. Like, it's just one of those, like, if it ever happens again, it never happens again. I'll never expect it to happen again. It was just really yeah. cool that it did happen. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like, even when I started back in the day in 2014, I was I was even blown away that like ten people listened to this shit. So like, the the honestly the fact that sometimes we get like you know there there's actually episodes of our podcast where we got like over two hundred listeners, um, but just the fact that like even consistently like sixty to seventy people listen to us every week, that still fucking floors me. So there you go. Thank like, you, people. Yeah, thank you, the listeners. Like you, wonderful, beautiful souls. I don't know why you waste your lives listening to this shit, but uh, apparently some people like this stuff, so we're gonna keep doing it. They like the sound of your voice. I, I, I kind of feel like honestly they're they're more into you, but. Uh, hey, I've only been here for like the two years. You've been gathering these listeners for the last like what nine. <laughs> So, I, I I don't even know if I'm gathering eight? consistent uh, listener base, but uh, whatever doesn't matter. It, it, at any rate, we do love our listeners. Thank you very much, and we'll be back when we're back. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Everything right is wrong again, just like in a long, long trailer. All the dishes got broken, and the car kept driving, and nobody would stop to ever. Wake me when it's over, touch my face Tell me every word has been erased Don't you want to know the reason why the cover's not up in And don't you get the feeling that everything that's right is wrong again You're a weasel overcome with you Weasel overcome but not before the damage done Not healing doesn't stop the feeling Everything right is wrong again Just like in the long, long trailer all the dishes got broken and the car kept driving And nobody would stop to sever And now the song is over now And now the song is over now And now the song is over now The song is over now Listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. 
For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.